Hello, and welcome back to the Psalms Podcast, a production of Autumn Ridge Church Women's Ministries. Each week in this podcast, we will be featuring a variety of topics relevant to the Psalms. And what we are going to be talking about today is, I think, what will be a fantastic foundational topic for us in our beginning weeks of this study in the Psalms. And we're going to be talking specifically about how Psalms relate to worship. Did you know that the word psalm is based on a Greek word that means song? In essence, these 150 chapters in the book of Psalms are a songbook of worship. And many of us tend to equate worship with singing, especially singing in the church. But worship is so much more than that. The Psalms are a fabulous place in the Bible for us to get a great, comprehensive picture of worship. My name is Svea Mary, and I am the Women's Ministry Director at Autumn Ridge Church, and I am delighted to be joined today by my dear friend and fellow Bible teacher, Julie Fisher, and our special guest, Ian Benoit. Now, I'll let Ian introduce himself to you in a moment, but first, I want you to know that without Ian, this podcast wouldn't really be a reality. You see, Ian is our talented technical director. He is the backbone of the team that's responsible for all the live stream services that you may have relied upon over these past past months, as well as the heart of the sound booth, keeping all of the audio and visual elements alive in our in-person services. He's a behind-the-scenes servant with a huge heart for worship, but he's also an educated and talented worship leader, and I am thrilled to give him this opportunity today to share his knowledge and wisdom in front of the mic rather than just watching him wire someone else up. So, Ian, why don't you uh, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit more about your background and your heart for worship. Well, thank you, Savea. This is very kind of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so i um, been in the Rochester area for mm, six, seven, eight years now. Um, married my wife, who is from Plainview, Minnesota. I originally come from St. Cloud, Minnesota. Married her about seven years ago as well. And uh, for the past six years, I've been teaching in the Rochester district. Mm. So I taught music um, all over the place, a couple of different elementary schools I taught in and mm. and some middle schools most recently. But um, last year, around Christmas time, uh, just saw the open position for the tech director role here mm-hmm. and uh, thought to apply. Actually, my wife uh, encouraged me very strongly to apply because <laughs> she knew how much I love this kind of stuff and, and uh, got to meet Jamie and the team here. And I've just been... Um, really blessed by being able to be a part of Autumn Ridge. So mm, it's been, been blessed awesome. to have you here. You've done an amazing job under some very difficult circumstances, oh. requiring a lot of technical <laughs> uh, expertise. Oh, so before we get started with everything then, Ian, I think we should like define worship so for everybody so that they understand what is it? Okay, yes, we can totally do that. Um, the Psalms are, they're so full of worship language and talking about worship. And so I think you're right. I think defining it is a great place to start. Um, I've studied a little bit of worship over the last couple of years at uh, Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Mm -hmm. Um, I've taken some master's classes there. And so a lot of what I'm about to say, I I should not take credit for because it's what (laughs) I've learned from there. So just uh, if I sound smarter than I am, now you know why. Um, So basically, defining worship as it relates to to our relationship with God, it really is a pattern of revelation and response. So basically, God reveals something of himself to us. It begins with God. Mm. He reveals some of his nature to us, his faithfulness or his provision or his grace, and then we respond 
So worship is that that natural response that wells up within us for the amazing things that God does for us. Mm. He reveals himself, we respond. And so it's, it basically creates the circular pattern that begins with God and it ends with God. Mm-hmm. God reveals something of himself, we respond to it, and we praise God. And then God is the one in the end who gets the glory. Um I so love that. It's a circle, yeah. yeah. And so it's awesome. It's uh, it's the best. So circle Ian, what to be you're saying <laughs> then is we worship o- not only on Sunday. Then no, worship is a, a lifestyle. Exactly, it's completely a lifestyle. There's some definitions that I've relied on in the past, and I've learned a lot from. Actually, one that goes all the way back to some time I spent studying worship in high school when I was in a youth band, mm-hmm. and uh, this is from Louis Giglio, and he wrote a book called The Air I Breathe. Um, but the one that I know more, uh, I'm more familiar with is called Wired, and that's mm-hmm. the student version. But his definition of worship is is right on that same vein, where it's not just singing; it's so much more. So he says, worship is our response, both personal and corporate, to God for who He is and what He has done, expressed in and by the things we say and the way we live. True worship is a whole life response to God's greatness and glory. So that's very obviously a whole life response in there. Mm. Um, and it's it's alone and it's with a group, you know, personal and, and corporate. Um, there's some of the things I love about that definition. So wait, <laughs> you mean if I go home this afternoon, which I have to do after this <laughs> and do laundry, when yeah. I am putting... My husband's dirty clothes in the washing machine, that actually can be worship. Oh, yeah. Worship is everything. If God is revealing something about himself to us, okay, I've literally had a worship moment cleaning up the floor after my dog tore something up. Oh, do Or tell. my wife left something on the floor, something like that. I was like, God, thank you for these people that I have in my life. Thank you for my dog. I love my dog. Thank mm. you that I have this mess to clean up because... Without these people, I'd be sad. And these people are so <laughs> awesome, and this dog is awesome, and yeah. So I, I don't think it's turned a into a worship response. moment. Yeah. God <laughs> reveals, we respond. Yeah. It, it makes me think I had an opportunity to hike in the mountains in Colorado in August, and there were moments where we were just looking at the vista of that mountain range. I felt this kind of welling up inside me, the Mm. sense of praise and majesty for what an amazing creator our God is. So as you're saying it, that's I'm I'm thinking of that when we see things that God has done, that He's revealed to us, whether it's the people and the dogs that we love, or 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 beautiful things that He's created. That beautiful response of just I just need to worship you, God. Yeah, Mm. that's right. That's that's the design. So another definition that I love, um, D.A. Carson, it's from Worship by the Book. Worship is the proper response of all beings to God, ascribing all honor and worth to their creator God precisely because he is worthy, delightfully so. Mm. And, and that goes right with what you're saying, Savea, about the creator God. You know, it's it's the response of the creator God creating amazing stuff for us to enjoy in this life. Mm. And our response is worship. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I love about uh, John Piper is a quote that I always remember from him, and it's that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Mm. And it's engraved in this church. Yeah. <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> that, that reminds me so much of worship because 
the the best part about worship and why I love it so much is that we just get to delight ourselves in God. And it's just the most amazing Mm -hmm. place to be, to just delight yourself in God's character, what he's done, remembering what he's done. And you can you can worship about the future, knowing that God is who He says He is, and He's going to stay who He says He is yeah. into the future, and He'll always be faithful. And it's just it's a really amazing place to be mm. to sit in God's revelation. That's beautiful. That well, speaking beautiful. of God's revelation, there's probably no better revelation in Scripture mm-hmm. than in the Psalms, where we see over and over and over again beautiful examples of worship there. Ian, can you talk to us a little bit about specific Psalms and how you see worship modeled? Yeah. So there's a handful. There's so many Psalms. When I was researching this, there's so many worship Psalms. I probably should have put a number on it, but I'll, yeah. let, I'll let the listeners do that. You go through <laughs> There you go. Good homework for you. Figure out how many worship <laughs> Psalms there are. But anyway, I picked four because as I was researching worship Psalms and trying to, to trying to find some common threads throughout all these Psalms and thinking about how worship is revelation response, I noticed something. And now... Granted, this is all uh, in the ESV translation, but I bet you it's pretty much the same across any translation. There is a word, and the word is for. Mm. And when you look at the Psalms... How do you spell that word? For is an F-O-R. Thank you. So here's here's my little tagline. Right now, we're going to look for the four in four Psalms. Oh, very good. (laughs) Tricky. Yeah, that's right. So the F-O-R. So the four is really the, the... response. No, no. Take that back. The response is what will happen first most of the time in the Psalms. That's what David's saying, like, praise God, praise his name, for he has Mm. done these things. Mm. So check out these fours in these four different Psalms. The first one is from Psalm 84. Hey, that's great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Enough with the puns, Ian. Okay, It's like you planned it. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Um, So yeah, Psalm 84, verses 1 through 2. So that's the very beginning of the Psalm. And then verses 10 through 12. Mm -hmm. So I'll read this one. It says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Uh, Verse 10, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Mm. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Mm. For the Lord God is a sun and shield, and the Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Mm. So there's a couple of, there's some amazing parts of this psalm. And um, every time I read this psalm, all I think of is better is one day in your court, <laughs> yep. better is one day in your house. Yeah. So definitely uh, <laughs> the song was based on the psalm. But whenever I read it, I knew the song first. So <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. always be opposite in my mind. Most of us have that stuck in our head now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so the four though, uh, David is praising God. He's saying, uh, my soul faints for the courts of God, my heart and flesh praise God for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Um, I think David definitely knew the delight of being in God's presence. Mm. And he knew that, that God's presence was like the place to be an amazing, an amazing place to be. And why he says in verse 11, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. Mm-hmm. So when you look at David's life story, uh, favor and honor, man, 
God was weaving through many, many hard circumstances in David's life mm-hmm. where God showed David favor and honor and, and exalted mm-hmm. David uh, because David was obedient and followed yeah. after the Lord. And so David says, I praise you for your favor and your honor. Mm-hmm. I really like that. That it, It's a great... Um, the structure for us as mm-hmm. we're reading through these psalms to be looking for that revelation yeah. and to see, you know, what is it about God that the psalmist and then by extension we ourselves can recognize and then praise him, worship him for those things. Yeah. 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 It's, a, it's a great tool for us to use. I totally agree. Show us more. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> Psalm 136. I'm going to have Savea read this one. This is Psalm 136, just the beginning, uh, verses one through three. My pleasure. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. So I will say this is where I caught on to the the for idea, the F-O-R, because this psalm in particular is antiphonal. Uh, I'm pretty you sure that's to how define you say that, that for us. Ma- me- meaning that it's an antiphony. It, that's a musical term for call and response. Okay. So the worship leader will call out something, and the congregation will respond. And in this case, the congregation had to know one, two, three, four, five, like six words. <laughs> that's all they had to know to sing this whole song. So the the worship leader would say, "Give thanks to the Lord for He is good," and everyone else says, "For His steadfast love endures forever." Mm-hmm. Give thanks to the God of gods. For his steadfast love mm. endures forever, and this uh, this psalm is very long, and it goes through all sorts of different reasons why we should praise God. A lot of revelation, right, in the first half of each verse, and the second half is the um, the response for his steadfast. No, let's see. The first half is the, the response. The response. I'm getting this all mixed. The up. revelation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so. Then in the second half, you get the reason God's steadfast love enduring forever. Mm-hmm. Um, steadfast love in this case comes from the Hebrew chesed. I can't get my there it is, yeah. chesed. And uh, that is an amazing word to just search in the Psalms because it talks about God's loving kindness is another uh, translation of that word. Mm-hmm. It talks about God's faithfulness and his love, basically his his stick-to-itness mm-hmm. um, that he shows Israel. So often they were just a horrible nation, and and they showed no reason for God to stick to it and to stick with them, but he did just because of who he is. Mm-hmm. So that is his loving kindness, his steadfast love endures forever. That's a great word for us to look for as we're reading through the Psalms. It's mm-hmm. one used quite frequently in the Psalms and, and a wonderful one. If you're someone who likes to write in your Bible or make little notes, that would be a good one to circle and yeah. and make note every time we see that wonderful mm-hmm. word of God's steadfast lovers, loving kindness. Thank you for that. Yeah. Next, I pulled out Psalm 100. So Julie, would you read Psalm sure. 100 for us? Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Yeah, there's that ending again. And there's the steadfast love theme. You'll see that come out again and again in the Psalms. For the Lord is good. 
uh, just that, I mean, spend some time someday and sit in that verse for the Lord is good. Mm. Um, it doesn't matter what you're going through in the moment, what your circumstances are, the Lord is good. He's going to work out good for your circumstances. It doesn't matter. So that's your present, right? It doesn't matter what's happened in your past for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures and your future. That's an amazing promise to sit yeah. in for your future for the Lord is good. Mm. He's going to be good in your future as well. That's beautiful. So I love, uh, this is just great praise language in the beginning here. Just make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Um, There's not a lot of shyness in the way that Psalms (laughs) represent worship. Uh, It gets a little noisy. And actually, (laughs) speaking of noisy, this is a very noisy Psalm, Psalm 150. Uh, One of my favorites, just because of all the musical instruments it describes and all the... the, um, how does it say? Loud clashing, resounding, clanging cymbals, mm-hmm. something along that line. Um, I grew up with drummers. My dad was a drummer and my brother's a drummer. So I understand the whole loud <laughs> clanging, crashing cymbals. Yeah, it's, it's worship language completely. Um, but here's Psalm 150, verses 1 and 2. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Mm. So you sit and think about God's excellent greatness for a little bit. Think about his excellence. Just narrow it down to one word. Mm. Um, If if you spend some time soaking that in, thinking about God's excellence, that there is nothing subpar in God. Mm -hmm. There is nothing like 90% of the way there. He's like 110% awesome all the time. And the way that he acts, nothing is sub-excellent. You know, I like I think of excellence a lot because that's what we shoot for in the digital ministry and in tech. We want no mistakes. We want excellence. Yet I can't I can't always quite lose the whole human error element in what I do because <laughs> I'm not exactly excellent. But God, mm. excellent, no error, just 100% faithful. Mm. So, kind of some amazing stuff. If you can sit in in that whole pattern of um, the response of what David says, praise the Lord, and the revelation why. Um, according to his excellent greatness. Boy, as I just look at these four psalms with this idea of that revelation and the response, even looking at what the fours are in these four psalms, four, it's better to be in God's presence for one day than Mm -hmm. a thousand days without him. Um, Four, the Lord is our sun, our shield. He bestows favor and honor. Mm -hmm. Four, God's steadfast love endures forever for the Lord is good. And again, his steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness is there for all generations and for his mighty deeds and his excellent greatness. Just reflecting on that kind of a concept, I think to truly sit and think about that would would propel most of us to worship. Mm-hmm. And that that's a beautiful thing. Thank you for drawing mm-hmm. out all of those fabulous examples. Yeah, you're welcome. So Ian, I love this. I, I think that this is really beneficial Mm. as we read the Psalms to look at words like that and to connect phrases in a way like this revelation response. Mm -hmm. That's great. But what if I want to use the Psalms for my personal prayer life? Can can I do that when I'm praying? I've heard of people that they pray through the Psalms. What does that mean? Can you help me with that? Yes, yes. Praying through the Psalms is one of my most favorite ways to use the Psalms. Second, maybe to using the Psalms in worship, like reading it together with a congregation. And that's really exciting too. But praying through the Psalms is amazing. Basically, 
you can use any psalm, or you could use any chunk of scripture, really. Anything that's written in maybe um, kind of prayerful language. It might be hard to go through your genealogy and pray through your genealogy. <laughs> I mean, it could be done, I suppose. But no, I'm thinking more specifically of the psalms here. Um, basically, you read, you reflect, and you pray based on the kind of things that God brings to your mind mm. as you read and reflect on a scripture. Mm-hmm. Now, what I love about this is, is the idea that our minds are created in such a way that we can be so sporadic when we pray. Mm-hmm. Um, and this technique, when I learned it from someone else, uh, really affirms the fact that our minds are created that way for good things, not for bad things. Mm. Um, A lot of times when I sit and I try to pray and I try to make up prayer language on my own, I can start thinking about what I'm going to have for lunch or I can start (laughs) thinking about what I'm going to do later today. Or, you know, your mind just dives to all sorts of different things. But this is where you can let your mind wander and yet pray through it and let God... um, Use those tangents that you draw from the scripture mm-hmm. to guide your prayer. So as an example, I think I'll close our time here praying through a psalm um, and giving you a little bit of a taste as to how this works. Now, I haven't really prepared anything ahead of time other than I want to pray through Psalm 9, verses 1 and 2. So I'll pray for us, and uh, Savea will close us out. But this is just from Psalm 9, 1 through 2. Lord God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your word, and thank you for your greatness that you have shown us through your word. Um, It says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. God, I pray that you might raise up thankfulness in my heart towards you, with my whole heart, not with part of my heart, not with just a little bit or 90% of my heart, with my whole heart, would you raise up thankfulness in my heart towards you? Um, I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. Lord, I praise you. Uh, not a lot of people get to see what I see, your your wonderful deeds as it relates to tech stuff at Autumn Ridge Church. God, I praise you for how you have met our needs over and over and again and again so specifically and how you have uh, worked through so many situations where gear breaks, but you provide exactly what we need or... Um, things stop working and we have to figure it out. But because of that, we know how something works in the future. And uh, God, you have just shown us again and again how amazing your faithfulness is towards this church and how much you care about the worship of your people. So I recount those wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. God, I pray that when uh, it's easy to be to despair over situations, over how COVID isn't any fun, and um, God, I pray that you would raise my heart to be glad and to exult in you. And I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that we can sing together again <laughs> soon, because I miss it. And singing together is an amazing thing. Um, and God, I pray that you would uh, raise up chances and opportunities for all of us as a church to to not forget how amazing it is to sing to you in a safe and healthy manner for now. Um, but God, I pray that the day might come very soon where we might sing together again and praise your name. Mm-hmm. And God, thank you for this chance that we have to, to reflect on your word together. Um, in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Ian. Yeah, that welcome. was... 
Fabulous. So just to, to recap here, you've given us three very practical things to take away from this. I hear, you know, right away we talked about worship not just being something that happens on Sunday, but that really mm-hmm. is a response to what we see about God. And Psalms has this fabulous opportunity for us to see in plain language or beautiful poetic language mm-hmm. for that matter, um, God revealed and then using this key word of four. Mm to use that as a tool for seeing what it is that we are worshiping God for. And I love this technique of, of prayer. It's something that I've, I've practiced myself, and mm-hmm. it's been very beneficial to me. So thank you for modeling that for us. And, yeah. and uh, so for you listening, I'd encourage you to, uh, to give that a try, to read through the Psalms, look for the fours, and, uh, and see how the Psalms can trigger thoughts that you want to pray about in your own prayer life. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Ian. It was fun to yeah. see you, like I said, on, on the uh, backside of a mic. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I got to take my mask off for once. That was kind of fun. It's kind of thrilling, isn't <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <laughs> Please uh, join us again next week. We have a very special topic that we're going to be talking about next week as we look at Psalms of Lament. Now, Psalms of Lament represent a third of all of the Psalms in the Bible, and we are going to dive deep into the topic of depression and how Psalms um, can open up that topic for us. And we're going to be joined once again next week by Julie Fisher, who is going to speak very, uh, very openly about her own experience with depression. So um, particularly if that's a a topic that is something that means something to you yourself or to someone that you love, um, we look forward to presenting that to you next week. Thank you so much for tuning into the Psalms podcast, and may God just well up a beautiful spring of worship in your heart as you read through the Psalms this week.